0: Good morning. It is nine minutes past seven o'clock on a Sunday morning. Susie Jones here after quite a long absence. I I apologize, Charlie Weiss. I apologize if anyone particularly cared if I was here or not. Denny Long filled in, did a beautiful job. And uh, Charlie, how are you? How's it been? Is everything fine and dandy? It's good, Susie.
1: I think uh, we're all more interested in you coming back from uh, your big Italy trip.
0: Oh, it was wonderful, I must say. It makes you understand deeply how young a country the United States is. When you're in Sicily and you walk out your hotel door and there is a column left over from a temple built to honor Apollo, massive column right in, near the hotel.
1: The Romans were known for building great columns.
0: And this was Greek. This was 300. Oh, the Greeks too, yeah. The Greeks settled sure. Sicily first. So – I will not digress and tell you all about the history of Sicily when we have a wonderful guest with us this morning. And I'm really, really grateful and honored that he took the time out to do this on a Sunday morning. Uh, he is the new Hennepin Healthcare Chief Medical Officer, and his name is Dr. Krishnan Subramaniam. But most people just call him Dr. Krish. So, Dr. Krish, thank you so much for coming on on this Sunday morning.
1: Oh thank thanks for having me, Susie. And wel- welcome back. Uh so so appropriate that you got to you got to see a column from Apollo, the uh the ancient god of healing.
0: Right. That is a pro I you know, that's a, about as much Greek mythology as I know, although I did learn quite a bit in in Sicily, about the various gods. So, thank you so much. Tell us about yourself. I, I was reading a little background. Um, are you uh, a Minnesotan? What's been your your background in in your, your medical life?
1: Well, well, one, once again, Susie, thanks for for having me and thanks for highlighting uh, health. You know, there's a lot of things we can talk about in the world, but you know, I was uh, I was out at a at a community meeting once upon a time. And someone phrased it so appropriately. Um, They said, our first wish is always for health. You know, we have a lot of aspirations. We have a lot of dreams. But uh, the beginning is always health. And so thanks for highlighting it. And you've done that throughout your career. And we're so grateful for that. Um, You know, I I grew up here in Minnesota. I I grew up in in the Twin Cities. My folks uh, immigrated to to the Twin Cities in 1980. They to the United States in 1972 and then a few years later moved to Minnesota. And, um, you know, they, they were uh, attracted. I don't know if they knew about the, the weather. I don't know if they knew what to expect. But uh, they were attracted because they got an opportunity. Like so many Minnesotans, they got a, they got a chance mm-hmm. in Minnesota. And they uh, were given an opportunity. My, my dad got a job at 3M and uh, came. And, and really, uh, we got very lucky. We mm-hmm. got lucky to find the spot and uh as they came here they they met uh community members they've had, uh t-ball coaches and teachers and uh you know some healthcare providers uh and then a lot of other folks who had found minnesota as a, as a place of, of refuge and has found minnesota as a place of uh community and and they grew to love it and ended up uh, raising their kids here and uh so yeah i i went through public schools uh in in minnesota and then uh, was lucky enough to to get to go go to college and and go train in medicine and do all those things. So went away. I actually actually left the state for uh, about 17 years, uh, and then uh, nearly a decade ago, uh, when it was time to sort of figure out where we wanted to raise our own children, when we where we wanted to sort of put down roots and invest into community. And community is a thing we're, we're going to talk a lot about, Susie. Uh, yeah. When it came time to say, where do we want to invest our time, energy, and, and our, into a community, um, the logical choice, or one of the logical choices to try out was Minnesota. It's a place that believes in community. It's a place that believes in uh, sort of supporting their neighbor. And um, so, we, so we tried it out a decade ago, and boy, have, have we loved it. And uh, we're, we're now, um, you know, my partner Shweta and I are, are blessed to have three little ones. <laughs> And we can't think of a better place to to raise them um, for for so many reasons that I'm sure we're going to talk about. um, But but, yes, thanks for all that you have done over the years to highlight health and community.
0: And so as you start this new job as the medical chief medical officer, how do you sort of go about that? What do you do? What do you bring to the table? And what do you just sort of observe? How does it all come together?
1: Yeah, and I want to be, want to be clear, Susie. You know, I've really had the privilege of working at Hennepin Healthcare as a, as a pediatrician for the last seven years now. Um, and I'm, this new role that I'm taking on, I get to be the chief medical officer at Hennepin Health, which is, is an interesting model. and And I'd love to explain it. You know, Hennepin Health is the only county owned, uh, health maintenance organization in the state and one of very few in the country. And so Hennepin County has said, you know what? We want to collaborate with healthcare providers, pe- people like Hennepin Healthcare or Fairview or uh, Health Partners, all the people who are providing healthcare in our community. We want to collaborate with them, but also these incredible assets that we have as a community and as a county. So that's our, you know, our public health uh, department who, who can reach out into our community. Uh, it's uh, North Point Clinic. It's uh, all all the resources of a county, the largest county in the state, Hennepin County. How can we use those public facing resources combined with sort of, you know, what we know of as the outstanding care provision that we have in Minnesota? How can, can we how can we combine those things to make health better where people are? Um, so when I, when I start a role like that, um, well, first, you know, I'll say when I wake up uh, in the morning, I, I begin uh, like all of us as, as a, as a son, as a father, as a family member first, and, and then I wear that hat as a, as a pediatrician. And that's what I, the kind of medicine that I've been doing for the last, uh, you know, decade and a half. And, uh, you know, wh- when we think about what does a pediatrician do and what does a family member do, uh, we look and we say, how do we keep those around us healthy and safe and well going forward? Um, and that is very much sort of the, the lens that I, I view health through, is how do we keep people healthy? How do we keep people safe? How do we keep communities healthy and safe? Um, and so that's probably the biggest sort of lens that I bring coming into the work. But then when you take on a role as, you know, and as honored, so deeply honored as I am to be able to take on a role like this, um, I think the first thing we do, just as when we're trying to help patients, or frankly, just as when we're trying to help our own family, the first thing we do is we stop, we pause, and we listen. And we say, how are things going? How are you today? Right. and and I think by beginning there by listening to the incredible team members we have at Hennepin Health who really have been uh, working so hard to, to make health better um, to by listening to our colleagues who do the clinical provision by listening to families who are members of Hennepin Health and then uh, I think really really importantly by breaking out of all those silos of all the walls of healthcare provision and saying to to community members who may not be engaged in health care, who may not be receiving the kind of health care we know um, that may, may help them. Mm. When we start to listen to, the, to, to folks who are, may not be engaged in health care, that's when we really start to uh, to, to improve the kind of health care provision that we can give.
0: Great. We are going to take a quick break, our first break here of the hour. It is 18 minutes past 7 o'clock. I want to remind people listening as well, if you have a question or a comment, or want to say hello to Dr. Chris, you can certainly do that. The number, the talk and text line, Cities One Talk and Text Line, 651 461 Again, I'll say it, 651 461 We'll be back with much more on our Health Hour after this. We are back. It is 721 on a Sunday morning. Going to be hot outside, so take care. We are talking all things health with Dr. Chris. He is the new Hennepin Healthcare Chief Medical Officer, and we learned a little bit about him in the last segment. And we're going to move on just a little bit kind of talk about issues that are facing us in terms of our health and want to remind you, as always, this is your show as well. And if you have a question for Dr. Krish, even about a medical condition, he might be able to field that question for you. If something's going on with you and you want to ask a question, we are at 651-461-9226. Dr. Krish, one thing that I was talking to Lori about is the, um, the pandemic emergency ending. Uh, and a lot of uh, coverage, emergency coverage all ending. Um, and that was something that was important to bring up so that people knew what was available to them or at least understand what was going to be happening. Um, it's thousands of Minnesotans I, I understand that we're looking at. Can, what can you tell us about that?
1: Oh, thanks for bringing it up, Susie. You know um, for, for the last number of years uh, through through the pandemic, which has just been so so trying on so many, um, we, people who have received health coverage through, uh, Medicaid or through Minnesota Care, uh, have been able to automatically renew their health coverage. So that, that just kind of stayed on. So if you had the health insurance, you, you just stayed on the roll. But starting now, starting in July, members who were previously on Minnesota Care, or any any medical assistance program, uh, any Medicaid program, would now have to actually re-enroll in that process. And so uh, every month, individuals are getting mail sent to their mail address on file. And this will say, it'll have a big blue sticker on it. And this will be the, the reminder to individuals that uh, I need to actually proactively renew my my health insurance. If I'm going to continue to get that preventative care or emergency care, uh, I need to make sure I fill that paperwork out and send it back in. You may get a text message. You may get a, a MyChart message, an email from your health insurance provider but it's really important that that people stay cued into this and and just be aware that if people don't complete that paperwork there there is a risk that they'll no longer be eligible for for health coverage and of course we know how important that health coverage is to to getting people um both the preventative services but also that that critical emergency service when it's needed
0: i was reading that minnesota entered the pandemic with an uninsured rate below 5%, one of the lowest in the country. And the goal is to keep it that way and to have this go badly and have people not take action, you know, could kind of set us back. The number I see, is it 375,000? Or how many Minnesotans do we expect could need to take action?
1: Yeah, you know, I can say for here in Hennepin County, uh, we have... 190,000 people uh, just in Hennepin County alone who need to take action or will need to take action in the next few months uh, to to year. And, uh, you know, this is this is critical. You know, if we have 190,000 neighbors who don't have health coverage, health care, we know from the pandemic how interconnected the health care of one another is. And so we got to We got to make sure our neighbors have uh, appropriate coverage. And so if folks are seeing those blue envelopes the the, the envelopes with blue sticker on it um, from the Department of Human Services or from their health insurance provider, please take a look at that. Open it up Um, if you're getting sort of those calls from your health insurance provider or or uh, one of those messages, please take a look at it and respond because it could be someone reaching out to say, Hey, we just want to make sure that, that you continue uh, getting the kind of the kind of health care that you deserve.
0: We are talking to Dr. Chris. He is the new Hennepin Healthcare Chief Medical Officer. We're at six five one four six one nine two two six. Maybe you're someone who received something with a blue dot on it and you have a question about your own coverage, we do have time for you to jump in. I'm sure Dr. Krish is not necessarily a uh, an insurance specialist, but he might be able to direct you. 651-461-9226. That is the number to call if you have a question about anything health-related. Uh, I know, Dr. Chris, your background is in pediatri- pediatrics, but we have a texter who right now... Uh, has a question for you, and maybe you can field this question. This person writes this morning, I had rotator cuff surgery on May 26th, but now I am having pain in my right knee. Is there anything I can take or do to relieve the pain? Do I need to see an orthopedic surgeon for the other knee now? Maybe. Do you have any suggestion on an orthopedic question this morning on WCCO Radio?
1: <laughs> well, um no, thanks, for, thanks for the, the message, caller. Uh, we, we're, we're grateful for your participation. Um, and I'm, I'm very sorry to hear about your rotator cuff. You know, I, these, uh, these kinds of injuries can be so, uh, one, painful, two, debilitating in the way that they change uh, our functionality and our lives. And so then to now have a new injury, uh, I can imagine how much distress that's causing. Here's what I would do. You know, obviously we want you to be in um okay pain coverage and and so if if this is preventing you from doing the activities of your daily life if you can't walk if you can't do the things you need to do the first thing i would do is send a message to my primary care provider you know you drop them a note. And, and increasingly, our primary care providers have opportunities, whether that's through phone calls, through uh, my chart messages, opportunities to just uh, get a quick message in there and say, hey, these are my symptoms. When could I be seen or evaluated? The range of things that a, a new onset knee pain could be is, is so broad. And it's so, uh, so many things, and that's why it's always best to get uh, someone, uh, preferably someone who knows you, someone who you have a relationship with, uh, to take a quick look at it and decide: Do you need an orthopedic specialist to uh, to evaluate that? But then I, you know, always if there's an emergency or if there's uh, you know something is deeply worrying you, you know. Uh, the recommendation is to get seen as soon as possible. If it's not possible to get in front of someone who knows you, but but Susie, I, th- I think this brings up the, the the real value of having someone who knows you in your life, who knows your healthcare in your life, who can who can do that initial screening work with you, um, because it's so important.
0: How many people do we even know? This have a primary doctor? I mean, I think you know, old school, you know, in the Everybody sort of had their doctor that they went to. I think a lot of that has changed, hasn't it? And what is the benefit to having a primary? As you just said, they know you front and back. But what is that? I mean, are you noticing that not a lot of people have a primary doctor?
1: Yeah. You know, we, what we do notice is that, uh, is that over the last three years, uh, through the pandemic, When going to be seen for sort of your general ailments, your general checkups, your general uh, continuity of care, as we would call it, as that has declined and as that has become more challenging, we've noticed health consequences. We noticed uh, the average uh, cancer being caught a little bit later, Mm. screening getting uh, missed, uh, things not happening in the way they should, and as a result, uh, individuals having uh, having to go uh, get seen for, for things that maybe otherwise we would have caught them. Mm. Um, so what we know is that about 75% of folks in this country have a primary care doctor or, or provider. Uh, and, you know, we have great physician assistants and nurse practitioners who serve a lot of folks as, as primary care providers. Um, so we know about 75% of people have someone in their life who takes on that role. Uh, but as I said, over the last three years, we know a lot of people haven't been able to access them. The good news is, you know, the, the good news is as the pandemic you know, takes ebbs and, and takes a, it takes a step backwards, we now have the opportunity to see folks in that primary care setting to say, what have we missed from a screening perspective? And what can we get you on the right path uh, for? Um, yeah. And, right. and I'll say, you know, you mentioned a moment ago, uh, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I mean, I know a, a lot about insurance, but but I'll say uh, in this new role with Hennepin Health, um, as a collaboration, uh, I'm learning so much about coverage and insurance and, and how critical it is to getting people into that, both primary care and specialty care.
0: Right, right. Good. Hey, it is 731. We're going to take another quick break here and do a little weather for you. If you are listening and you have a question for Dr. Krish, it's 651-461-9226. That's 651-461-9226 on our Cities One talk and text line. And we are back in the last half hour of the health hour. It is 736. I'm Susie Jones. And with us on our news line, Dr. Krish, she is the new chief medical officer at Hennepin Healthcare. And we are pleased to continue our conversation about all things health. And I want to remind people listening as well, six five one four six one nine two two six. That's the number if you want to get involved in the program. Uh, Doctor Chris, we've had kind of an interesting summer uh, of weather, particularly uh, with the drought and with the smoke. Is um, that concern you as a as a physician, not just a pediatrician, but for all of us? Sort of this, perhaps. Long-lasting summer-long exposure to this the smoke from a, a distant wildfire.
1: Absolutely, Susie. You know, I, I think to two things you brought up there. Uh, first is is a drought, uh, and and second is this is the smoke and the, the air quality. Uh, first, when it comes to, to the, uh, the the heat, you know, heat actually harms and and Kills more more Americans in terms of emergency and weather patterns than, than just about anything else. And so, you know, this gets back to some of the basics around summer safety that, that we would talk about with with everyone, with kids, with adults, with our elders in particular. It's uh, getting the uh, appropriate hydration at, for any given any given day and moment. And it's a hot hot weekend, and it's a it's a long weekend, and people are going to go out and have a lot of fun and spend time with family. But we got got to make sure we're hydrating and protecting ourselves. Um, you know, heat stroke is very real. Heat uh, fatigue is very real. And so we got to make sure uh, we are keeping ourselves safe, protected, and healthy in that way. Uh, but then when it comes to this particulate matter, uh, it, it's, it's a big deal, particularly for those of our neighbors who are uh, suffering from respiratory-related pathologies uh, folks with asthma, but folks with heart disease, with chronic diseases, uh, everyone is everyone in those categories is at greater risk. And yes, our children and our elders are at risk too. Um, you know there are these air quality advising uh, advisories, and, and I would take them take them seriously when, when they ask for a limited time outside and then to take a rest or a break. It is important. Um, what we know is, is what they're measuring Zizi, when they do these air quality indexes, they're, they're measuring the, the number of particulate matter in the air that is small enough to get into our lung passage, passages and lung pathways. And, and they do that on average in different places throughout the state. And then they say, hey, this is how many of those small particles are out there. What that means is that if you're spending a significant amount of time outside uh, during those days, those heightened days, Um, small particles can get into our lungs, and for some people, those folks with asthma, with COPD, with heart disease, um, that causes greater stress, causes more inflammation in the airways, making the ability to get the air we need a a little bit harder.
0: Right. But my question as a follow-up is, if, in fact, this is going to be an all-summer-long event, we're off and on, off and on, is there sort of a larger ramification to all of us being exposed to this kind of smoke on a longer term basis?
1: You know, uh, it's, it's never good to, to long-term expose uh, our lung and air passageways to, to to small particulate matters. But I do think um, by, by heeding the warnings and heeding the advisories, if we take the appropriate breaks, um, especially for those of us who are lucky enough to have, Good lung health. Uh, I think that you know we haven't seen those long-term ran- ramifications.
0: Okay, very good. Six five one four six one nine two two six. We're talking with Dr. Krish from Hennepin Healthcare about a number of different topics. We've covered his background, uh, uh, coverage of medical care. And summer safety issues. Six five one four six one nine two two six. We did get a text in, Doctor, and on a different topic, but I, I'm sure you'll be able to handle it. Um in view of the news item about black maternal deaths, what are Hennepin healthcare statistics and how are they address how are they addressing the issue?
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks for the question, and I, and I heard it in, in the lead-up—an uh, 80% increase. Uh, you know, and, and I had read some studies recently about uh, the 40% increase in, in uh, maternal mortality over the course of, of our last few years, uh, and it is a humbling and awful statistic. Um, we know that pregnancy brings uh, risks. Uh, and, and it brings a heightened heightened need for health care. Um, and one of the reasons that we know that maternal mortality uh, has been increasing is because during the pandemic over the last few years, uh, we just haven't had the, the rates of prenatal care that, that uh, are necessary. You know, when we think about maternal mortality, one of the things we consider is um Things like preeclampsia uh, that are related to high blood pressures and chronic monitoring of blood pressures and and sugar levels in in our birthing person to make sure that they are okay um, that takes a lot of proactive work. It takes a lot of prenatal care and you know during we know that for for many Mothers for many birthing people over the last few years, it's uh, it's been harder to get that kind of care. Um, So Hennepin Health, uh, the you know the this collaborative that I spoke about, this uh, health maintenance organization that I now get to to help lead, um, has really been thinking about how do we get out of the walls of of the healthcare institution, right? So uh, just just to be real clear, Susie, Hennepin Healthcare is this set of clinics that we get to get to be a part of um and then hennepin health gets to start to think about okay how do we as a county how do we as a uh as a community get to use both the expertise of hennepin Healthcare in north point and then reach out uh and do do the kind of community-based work and one thing that, that we know we you know we were able to start a pediatric mobile van uh Along with Hennepin Healthcare in the last in the last couple of years to do sort of vaccination uh, increases, so making sure people are getting their vaccines, that kind of model, that kind of thinking uh, is something that we've been able to do uh, in pregnancy. So our community health workers out, doing outreach to folks who are, who are pregnant um, and making sure that they get that kind of care. That's something we need to double down on, triple down on, and uh, and you know the, the statistics are humbling. And and I think a couple of things to to take into account there as well. Um, We know that there are great disparities for Black women, for Indigenous women, and we we have to uh, be proactive. Listen, 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 but also um, uh, get out there. Make sure folks have the appropriate prenatal care, make sure that we are monitoring blood pressures on a really regular basis. You know, I went to a presentation um, that I was really moved by inspired by a couple of weeks ago uh, by some folks in Boston who are um, doing a, a suite of services, including home monitoring around blood pressures, including um, what they're calling birthing sisters, uh, doula work to make sure that, uh, particularly black and indigenous moms are getting the support through their pregnancy. Yeah. Healthcare it can be very intimidating. Health institutions can be very intimidating. How do we break down those walls and barriers? And um, that's something we're going to be working hard on. And we'd love to hear community participation as well. So if you have ideas, please send it in because we want um, to support our neighbors through uh, what can be a very intimidating time.
0: Dr. Krish is with us. He is the new, the chief medical officer at Hennepin Healthcare. And again, your questions are always welcome at 651-461-9226. We're going to take our last break of the hour. We do have a number of text questions coming in. So we'll try to get to those questions coming up right after this. And we are back. It is 7.50 on a Sunday morning as we near the end of the hour. We are really, really grateful to have spent the time with Dr. Krish the new medical officer, chief medical officer at Hennepin Health, not Hennepin Health Care, Dr. Krish, which is what I've sort of slipped back into. Maybe we should differentiate Hennepin Health and Hennepin Health Care, two different entities or one in the same? How does that work?
1: Uh, great, great great question, Susie, and t- thanks so much for clarifying.
0: Um, so
1: Hennepin Health and Hennepin Health Care are, are uh, you know, neighbors, partners, Related, but they but they are different entities. And just, just to be to be clear, you know, Hennepin, Hennepin Health is a managed care organization, is a health plan, is uh, an insurance provider. But it's it's a very unique insurance provider. It is a, a provider that is county owned. Mm. So the, the Hennepin County has this program and has this insurance program. Uh, but it is works directly in collaboration with Hennepin Healthcare, with North Point Clinic, with our public health department in Hennepin County, and says, "All right, how do we take that healthcare out to the community now?" But the other really unique thing that that we get to do at Hennepin Health, with with our forty thousand members or thirty eight thousand members, is at the end of the year, um, you know, any you know, any funds that are left over rather than everyone knows about, you know, insurance, Yeah, rather than making that a a profit issue or anything like that, that money gets taken and is reinvested right back into Hennepin County and into the community. And over the years, just incredible things have been done. So I mentioned that pediatric mobile clinic, uh, just an incredible uh, asset for our community to get healthcare out to our, to our neighbor's, uh, but other things have been done. Uh, you know, we have a, a social work team that goes out and supports our neighbors to make sure they get the appropriate kinds of services that they need. Um, we we have uh, dental collaborations, pharmacy collaborations, all sorts of things that get reinvested. At where we have social workers who uh, make sure our most uh, the, are folks who have the most complex medical needs. Get the support they, they they want, and all those things can be done uh, because of this Hennepin Health model that works that works integrated in this in the community, along with our partners at Hennepin Healthcare as well as, as North Point in the public health Department.
0: Very good, 9226 one nine two two six, Dr. Krish. We have about three minutes left, two to three minutes. So let's try to get one question in. Um, Would love it. This is right up your alley. Could you mention the need for babies, especially in young children, the importance of keeping them hydrated during an illness or this hot weather? Um, It's been said a minimum was eight ounces years ago for eight hours. Is this still the recommendation and the importance of keeping? uh, This looks like a child who's unwell during an illness, but in general, what about um, hydration for, for young children?
1: Yes, boy, boy, hydration is so important, uh, and that's that's across the board uh, for our adults to our kids. But, but speaking uh, in terms of our children, I often talk to little kids, to kids uh, about how important it is to drink and to watch well, how we're peeing. Um, I'll tell them that the, my rough rule of thumb: if your pee is clear, you're doing well. But if your pee is, is yellow, you still got a little bit ways to go. And I think the same can be said for our for our small babies. If if you're not getting you know three to four diapers a day, uh, we we need to increase hydration. And if you're getting less than that, probably reaching out to your provider to see, hey, how do I get my child rehydrated? Because um, we want to make sure, uh, particularly through illness, but really anytime we're having uh, that that amount of hydration, clear urine, numerous. Urination today.
0: Wonderful. Well, we have about 45 seconds left. I want to wrap it up here and thank you for coming on. And we wish you the best of luck in this new role. And we'd love to have you on again sometime. And we can sort of specify what we want to talk about. We didn't get to this question, but a person. reached out to ask about North Point and its beautiful building and what's happening there. And we'll have to leave that and maybe have you back on in a couple weeks to talk about just what's happening at North Point. So thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations on your new role.
1: Susie, thanks for everything you do for our community and and, and thank you. Have a great one.
0: All right. You too. It is 7.55 on News Talk 830 WCCO.